Good morning, Life Center. How we doing? Good. Be seated with me, or actually be seated by yourself. I'll stand up. How we doing? It's good to see everybody that's here. Man, I'm excited. It's a good day. We're all here. We're all alive. We're all breathing oxygen. None of us have the corona. Come on. Let's be thankful. Let's be thankful. This is our last Sunday. No, not really. It's our last Sunday of one service. Next Sunday morning. Everybody say next Sunday. Next Sunday morning, you will have options. You can come to church at 9 a.m. And you can come to church at 10.45 a.m. And if you speak Spanish, you can come to church at 1 o'clock p.m. Three chances to worship next Sunday. Who's excited about that? Yeah. So we have these nice cards uh, made up. And um, it says, we're making room. You've seen the picture on social media. We're making room. The back of the card says, be my guest at one of our new convenient service times beginning March 15th. That is next Sunday. I was say next Sunday. 9 a.m., 10.45, and 1 o'clock p.m. are our service times starting next Sunday. If you get here next Sunday at 10, if you, if you get here for church next Sunday at 10 o'clock, you're going to be late or early <laughs> or in that weird space in between where you don't really know what's going on, and then you get here and feel silly and say, well, I'm just really early. Let's pray. 9 a.m., 10.45 next Sunday. Dream Team, be ready to bring it next Sunday because it's going to be different. It's going to be fun, and we're going to see God do amazing things in this community. Who believes that? Amen. That's the whole reason we're doing it is to make room so more people can know about Jesus and experience what we've already experienced. Um, This is week two of what? Week two of worship. I'm excited about this. And, and as we dig into this, Pastor Andrew did such an amazing job last week introducing us to what worship is. He said, it's not just what we do. It's a lifestyle. It's how we live. It's how we conduct our life. It's every single thing that we do. And we're going to spend the next four weeks unpacking parts of our life that are actually supposed to be, if, if we're living where we're supposed to be living and pursuing Jesus like we're supposed to be pursuing him, parts of our life will, will transform. What does Romans 12 2 say? Be transformed how? By the renewing of our mind. When we realize what parts of our life are supposed to be worship and we start digging into that, our lives will be transformed. So it's, it's not necessarily what we do, it's who we are. It's not just what happens here on Sunday mornings. Although what we do here on Sunday mornings is, is vital to who we are and to our well-being. It's not just what we do on Sunday morning. It's, it's, what, we, it's what we do every moment of every single day. So today we're going to talk about how our relationship with God is worship. You may have never considered how our relationship with God is worship, but today we're going to do that. A relationship is the way in which we regard and behave toward each other. So let's start, as we unpack what relationships are, let's start thinking toward 
how, how does that mirror our relationship with God? So a relationship is the way we, how we regard and behave toward other, other people. So let's talk about relationships. Relationships between humans and animals are simple. Right? Who has a dog? Hands high, who has a dog? That dog will love you no matter what. No matter what. We have a dog. She is ferocious. She is a, a, a multi-poo. <laughs> if you don't know what a multi-poo is, it is one of these custom dogs. You know how you can order a car with, with custom options? This is one of those custom dogs. And this is a, 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 a Maltese and a poodle got together. And a multi-poo was born. She doesn't shed. Yes. She doesn't stink. Yes. She is engineered just for people who are allergic to things like me. So she can live in the house with me. And she is ferocious and she weighs about eight and a half pounds. And when she gets wet, she looks like a rat. Her hair just got really long and we had to have her shaved down to her skin. And she looks, even her tail is like this little wire sticking out the back. She looks like a rat. But that dog, she imprinted on Tawana. Yeah. And I don't care what is going on, man. When Tawana walks in the door, the dog is jumping up and down. It, it, the, it, we have uh, floors like this in our house, and, and her, she's, her, feet, her tail's wagging so hard that it's moving her back feet side to side, and all you hear are nails on the wood. She's, she's so excited that everything is moving at the same time, and she's just quivering. And Tawana said, why don't you act like that when I come in? I said, because I'm not a dog. I can't wag my tail that fast. It's just not possible. But the thing about a dog and a human is the dog loves the human no matter what. And if, and if you're a dog person, you'll make excuses for that dog. That dog can't do any wrong. Because when the dog does do wrong, there's a reason why. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Because you never can really get mad at the dog because the relationship between an animal and a dog is very simple. It's just reciprocal love. And it doesn't matter. It's, not, it's unconditional. It just is. It's simple. It's clean. And that's why some people like animals better than people. My sister's that way. I'm like, man, if you love people as much as you like dogs, you'd change the world. I just hung her right out there. Happy birthday, by the way. Love you. <laughs> it's a simple relationship. Relationships between humans aren't quite so simple, are they? Why aren't relationships with humans so simple? Because we're human. That's why. First, we have to acknowledge this, that deep down, we're all pretty shallow. Let that sink in a minute. Deep down, we're all pretty shallow. It didn't sink very far. Secondly, we have to acknowledge that we all have some level of insecurity. We do. I don't care how confident or type A you think you are, you have some insecurity that you have to deal with. Third, we have to admit that we like acceptance, even if you say it doesn't matter to you 
We all on some level like to be accepted. So all these things come into play in a relationship. And it's, it's easy for us to get twisted and sideways and upside down and all side, crossways of people because we're complicated. The Bible says iron sharpens iron for a reason. Sometimes we just clang off each other. But it's up to us if we're going to love like Jesus loves. What are the greatest two commandments? You love God with everything that you are and you love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus, if we can't love our neighbor who we have seen, how can we say we love God who we haven't seen? So relationships are tricky, and we have conflict sometimes. We, we, we have to come back to the base point of the foundation of I have to love like Jesus loved, and I can't carry that stuff in relationships. I have to get that worked out. So all these things come into play in relationships. So since Scripture compares our relationship with God to a marriage, so we're going we're gonna to look through that lens today. And I'm going to get the relationship as worship, I promise. So stages of relationship, acquaintance. An acquaintance is somebody you slightly know. Yeah, I know who they are. I saw them. I've heard their name. This is so-and-so's brother's cousin's mother's aunt, whatever. It's an acquaintance. And then you have friends. Somebody you know or you have a, a, a mutual affection for. And then you have the exclusive relationship. When you decide the person that you're with right now is awesome enough to stop seeing or pursuing other people. You're exclusive. You're dating. Or in today's society, you're talking. <laughs> talking. Yeah. The next stage is you're committed. That's when you're all in. You've decided, this is my human. This is my person. This is who I'm going to be with. I'm done. Tap out. I'm committed. So... <laughs> The acquaintance of somebody you barely know, the friend you have an interest in, exclusive means you're really into them, and committed means you're all in. So as I was researching and reading and all this stuff, there are three stages, four stages, six stages, seven stages. I saw one, 19 stages of relationship. I'm like, a woman had to write that. <laughs> sure enough. These will do for us today, these four. We're just going to have these four, and this is all we're going to do, and we're not going to take side streets, and we're just going to do these four. So think about uh, right now, if you have a significant other, think about where you would maybe fall in these four, four categories. Don't talk about it. Just think about where you might be right now, and you may ask, what, is this, what in the world does this have to do with God and church, and how does it relate to me? So let's go to Scripture, Romans 12, 1. Therefore... I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, King James is accepting. This is true and proper. Ding, ding, ding. Ring the bell. Here we are. This is true and proper worship. So my relationship with God and my, my offering to him of myself is proper and true worship in the eyes of God. The New Living Translation says this is truly the way to worship him. The English Standard says it is our spiritual worship. And then the Amplified says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your, your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves, set apart, that's the holy part, as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, 
logical, intelligent act of worship. Which means, in view of what God has done for you, just simply because of who he is and what he carried out for you, it only makes sense. It's only proper. It's only, the only true thing that you can do is to worship God in this manner, present yourself, your body to him. And then the next scripture completely, we're, we're talking about the body in verse 1. What's verse 2 talk about? Romans 12, 2. We, we quote it all the time, almost every week. And don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed how? By the renewing of your mind. See, it, it's, this is not a, a one-sided or one-dimensional thing that we have going on. This encompasses everything that we are. He wants our bodies but he wants our minds too. He wants all of us. So presenting our bodies to God, giving ourselves to him is our rational, our logical, our intelligent act of worship. So what does that even look like? The more I thought about this, I'm like, I can get there and say that all day. Present your bodies to God, a holy sacrifice, acceptable to him. And I'm like, well, what in the world does that even look like? How can I expect someone to, to assimilate that into their brain just based on those words? So we're going to talk about it. Because your relationship with God isn't all that different than your relationship with people. There are stages. Think about this. And we have people in this room right now today that are in all different stages of your relationship with Jesus. Some of, some of you, this is brand new, and some of y'all have been here a minute. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, I don't know, a long time. Years, not days. <laughs> so what, what does that look like? From, from just getting acquainted to all in, we grow. Everybody say grow. grow. We grow in relationship with God the same way. But the progression of that relationship and the rate that we do progress depends solely upon us. So let's, let's look at this. We have stages of relationship. Let's talk about the, the acquaintance. You know about God. You've heard about him. You think maybe he might be there. You hope he's there because you, you know you probably need him. Maybe you attended Sunday school as a kid. Maybe it went well or didn't go well. I don't know. But that's the, about the extent of your relationship. It's very casual. It's the acquaintance. So let's, let's talk about friendship. Don't raise your hands. You may, you may be an acquaintance, but let's talk about the friend. You come to church, and, and let's, let's, let's back up one second. Let's talk about friendship for a minute. We've, we've seen a, a transition from this, this reverent, what a friend we have in Jesus. Who remembers that song? All our sins and grief to bear. That's a very reverent look at, at a relationship with Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. Abraham was called a what? A friend of God. And he was Father Abraham, the father of many nations. That, that, was his, that was his blessing. That was his legacy. That's his God gift to him is that he was a friend of God, so God made him the father of everybody. That's a Jew. So he was viewed as a friend to God, but, but, but we transitioned from a, this reverent look to Jesus is my Facebook friend. <laughs> See, as we progress, our, our view of things change and and, and if you were to say, I'm a friend of God, it wouldn't, today wouldn't mean the same thing as Abraham, I'm a friend of God. 
Not the same, not the same context. So today we have Facebook friends. So you might say a friend is a more casual relationship in this context today. Jesus is my Facebook friend. Jesus is my homeboy. From reverent to casual. A more casual look, a more casual approach. Because friendship isn't what it once was. Back in the day, man, if you had a friend, it was a, it was a ride or die. And now typically our friendships, are, as long as you're nice to me, you're my friend. As long as you behave the way I want you to, you're my friend. As long as you love on me, you're my friend. If you don't do those things and meet these criteria, you're not my friend. So we have to be careful about the whole, the whole friend aspect with God because you, maybe a friend, you come to church, God is good, you're great on Sunday, but Monday punches you in the mouth and derails you. It knocks you flat on your back. It wears you out. As maybe a friend relationship when it comes to your relationship with God, maybe you don't really see the need for commitment like everybody else does. You see people that are joining Dream Team. You see people that are here every single Sunday. You're like, man, I just don't know all that's necessary. I don't, I don't know that I want to do all that. You get the friend level. You still got two levels to go in relationships. You aren't changing anything in your lifestyle because God accepts you just the way you are. He does. That's the awesome thing about who God is. But the even more awesome thing about God and who he is is that he doesn't leave us there. He doesn't leave us in our mess. And the closer we get to God, the better we're going to get. The closer we get to God, the more holy we become. And the whole, the whole goal is to get closer to God. It's not just for us to come here and, and have a friend relationship with Jesus and keep who we are. We're supposed to be changed. We're supposed to be transformed. The old man, anybody who is in Christ is what? A new creature. The old man passes away. Behold, all things become new. That's scripture. We're not supposed to act the way we used to act. We're not supposed to talk the way we used to talk. Our, our angry outbursts should lessen and lessen. Our use of the word hate should tail off and go away. Because if you love Jesus, you really can't hate anybody. Oh, we, didn't, he, didn't, he, didn't you talk about that a few weeks ago? Can we love and hate at the same time? We like to. But are we supposed to? No. If we're really pursuing Jesus, can we? No. You can't say, I hate somebody and love Jesus at the same time. Oil and water can't coexist in the same glass. They're going right in the middle, like a side-by-side -side milkshake. <laughs> Who likes those? Come on, somebody. That's it. So we want to come to church, but we don't want to change anything. We're on that friend level. And we're certainly not going to give up any money. Because that's mine. I work for that. I say what happens to that. God bless you, I'm going to keep it. That's what all churches want anyway, right? Different day. As a friend status of our relationship with Jesus, we like, we like the pick and choose mentality at this stage. We, church and, and our relationship with God and, and scripture and the word of God is like a smorgasbord to us. Who likes, who likes going to a buffet? Yeah. Because, man, you could go as many times as you want 
and you can pile your plate as high as you want, and you can only take what you want, and you can leave behind what you don't want. Mm. Let's talk about the real physical smorgasbord for a minute. If you go, what's that place up in Pennsylvania? The Shady Maple. I have never seen so much food in one place in my entire life. There's probably four or five hundred feet of food up there. You pay 20 bucks, you get in, and you can stay all day. The top floor is a restaurant. It will seat probably 1,500 people. That's how big this place is. The bottom place is an Amish shopping, a shopping center, mall. I don't know. They got whatever you want down there. You can go and eat and go and shop and go back up and eat again. Y'all, there's so much food up there, it's a sin. That's what the smorgasbord is. But when we, when we treat our relationship with Jesus like a smorgasbord, oh, he's going to bless me, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing shall men give to me. Thank God. We take that piece of scripture, but we leave out the give and it shall be given back to you before that. He promised that he would hear from heaven, he will forgive my sin, and he will heal my land. Well, we didn't even address if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will. See, we, we take that peace that we want and we hold on to it and we, we, we try to apply that to our life and we try to claim that as our promise, our blessing when we're not doing the other peace and we, we don't even acknowledge it and we leave it there and we're treating our relationship with Jesus like it's a smorgasbord. Where we can just come in here and, and, and claim what we want and take what we want without any commitment at all. Without any thought to what he wants in return from us for that. It's the pick and choose mentality. We like to get my blessing now message, but we don't want the commitment that goes with that. <laughs> We're more of a friends of benefits kind of person. Oh, I just said that in church. <laughs> We're more of a friends with benefits kind of person. We want the benefits of a relationship without the commitment it requ it required to have that. And then we get sideways with God because we're not getting what we th think we should get because we haven't invested what we should invest. Present your bodies to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to him, which is your true act of worship. King James says it's your reasonable service that we present our bodies to God in this manner. Some of y'all uncomfortable, I'll leave, this, I'll, I'll leave this right here. You don't want to be a friends of benefits type person when it comes to Jesus. It's not going to work out well for you. So let's move to exclusive. You decided this is for you. This is what you want. You're learning. You're identifying areas of your life to work on, to grow through. Maybe you're still not all in, but perhaps you're, you're too hard on yourself because of who you were before Jesus. Maybe you don't feel like you can take that next step because of where you've been and what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been and what you've done. If you're here pursuing him, you're, you're good. Nothing's too far, nothing's too big, nothing's too bad for him to forgive us. Understand that. 
It doesn't matter who you've been. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. All that matters is you take advantage of the grace and the mercy that's been extended to you by his death, burial, and resurrection. That's where we win, no matter what. No matter what. Because, see, you've you decided to pursue, but let's, let's step back a second to this friend person. See, this, this friend person tends to run to Jesus when everything's bad. When something goes sideways, the first thing, first thing that happens, Jesus, help me. And he will. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means that you need to learn to stay instead of just deviate. Boop, 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 boop. Become exclusive with him. This exclusive person, you, you, want, to, you, you want to see the, the committed experience. And you're progressing through your relationship with Jesus. And then let's talk about this committed person. You burned the ships. You have burned the ships. You've burned the bridge back to who you were. You are just simply all in. Jesus is the greatest thing that you have ever experienced in your entire life. And you realize what his grace and his mercy have meant to you and what you've been forgiven for and the promise that he's given you. And you're experiencing the blessings of God in your life. And you're experiencing his presence every single day more and more. And, and it's, it's overwhelming to you that the God of glory who created this earth, this planet, is, is actually living inside of you and is walking with you and speaks to you every single day and guides your path. And you're in this committed relationship with him. And you ask him if you should buy the new car. And you ask him if you should buy the house. You ask him if you should change jobs. You ask him, is this person right for me? You run all these things by him. Why? Because he's leading you. Because the Bible tells me, don't lean to your own understanding. Don't do things the way, just the way that you think you should do them. In all your ways, acknowledge who? Acknowledge him and he will direct your path it's a promise you're doing in a committed relationship with jesus you're doing whatever is necessary to get more and to be more because everywhere you get it's amazing and life isn't roses and tulips and and, and sunshine all the time but everywhere you get it's better and because of that you want more somebody told me a few weeks ago if you'll remember, a few months ago, I was talking about music and how it impacts us and how it influences us. And I was, I was talking about, did I say 50 Cent or somebody? I don't know. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. <laughs> like, he's old news. Like, he's like got Jack Nicholson's spot on the Lakers sideline. He's that old. <laughs> if, you don't know, if you don't watch basketball, you don't know. But <laughs> it's March Madness, by the way. <laughs> One week to Selection Sunday. But I was corrected, so I said, well, who's the other guy I said? The guy with all the tats. Post Malone, I said him. See, I, I can't remember the dude's name to save my life. So I was talking to this person a week or two later, and they said, oh, yeah, after that, I went and cleaned all that stuff out of my phone. And I replaced it with Jesus music. I'm like, who does this anymore? Right? It's, it's this person that's experienced Jesus, and it doesn't matter because the new person has come, and the old has passed away, and they, they're not wanting to, to be influenced by that trash anymore. I said trash. It is trash. They're not wanting to be influenced by that mess anymore, and, and they're looking t forward 
Hebrews, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us put off every weight and sin that entangles us and slows us down and run with patience the race that's marked out before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. They're shaking off the old person. And they're committed and they're all in and they want their mind and their spirit to be fed by better things than Post Malone or Snoop Dogg or anybody else. Slipknot, I don't know who you like. Let's just start naming names. Motley Crue, I'm old. You're committed, you're all in, you're doing whatever is necessary to get more and to be more because of, of who he is and what he's done and you want more and more of him. The committed stage is the picture of stepping into maturity because as you step, he meets you right there, man, he grows you and he gives you experiences to match your commitment level to him. That's a lot, I know it is, but that's what happens and your witness begins to grow. And your influence begins to reach out from where you are because your life has changed in such a radical way that people see it without you saying a word. They see the miracle that you are. They see the miracle that you've become. And they see what the Spirit of God is doing through your life because you're all in. You burn the ships. You burn the bridges. You've made a commitment. This is my life, and I'm going to pursue Jesus because he's amazing, and he died for me. Listen to Colossians 2. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Can anybody identify with that scripture? Because you, you, you recognize what he's done for you. You've, you've taken the step to where you're all in. You're committed. Your relationship is growing. And, and your faith is growing. And, and you, you're walking in the truth that you were taught. And you're overflowing with thankfulness. This is relationship. And this is growth. This is worship. Because I've given Jesus my life. I haven't just invited him in. That's just the beginning. That's the first thing. That's just, like, like, like that's, that's this big. It's a big step, but in the, in the big picture, this is where it's at. When we say, Jesus, I am giving myself to you. I'm presenting me. Have you ever been so proud, so excited, so overwhelmed to, get, to give someone a gift? You know what I'm talking about? It's Christmas or a birthday or it's something, and you, you got this amazing gift, and you're so excited about it because it's, it is more blessed to give than to receive, right? Okay, so that's, we've established that. So we got somebody this awesome gift, and we can't wait to give it to them, and we're just, wait, 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 wait. This dog I told you about, this precious dog, her name's Precious. <laughs> this eight-pound multi-poo. The best dad moment I've ever felt in my life, really. Our kids, we were renting a house at the time, and, and our, our, we had just... I think we had been, 2010, she's, I think she's nine, but our, we couldn't have a dog because the house we rented was new, and we couldn't have a dog, and, and we just kept telling the kids because they want a dog so bad, and we can't have one, can't have one, can't have one. Well, we went around back and behind and talked to our landlord, and I'm like, listen, I found this dog. This thing's tiny, and it, it doesn't shed, it doesn't stink, and if it damages carpet, we'll pay for the carpet. All right, you can have a dog. We didn't tell the kids. And it's Christmas is coming up. And it's, this dog's cute. 
Like, she's the color of the, the, this teddy bear that looks almost like the teddy bear Taylor has that Tony bought her, like, when she was this big. But this, this dog, we found this dog in Missouri. No, we didn't go to the pound and adopt. Sorry. That wasn't really in vogue then like it is now. Anyway, whatever. Um, <laughs> so we get this dog. And this dog, no lie, is this big. Now she's like this tall. But she is this big. And she fit. We had this plastic hard or this hard cardboard box about this tall. And it, had, it was pre-wrapped or decorated. It had this lid that went straight down over it. So it was, it was Christmas Eve, I think. Or I don't know, Christmas, Christmas Eve. And we're, we're doing this one present tradition thing back when the kids were little. And, and we, we sit them down on the ottoman in front of the fireplace and the couch. And, and we had the dog. And they, the dog had spent the night with my in-laws the night before. And I got to hurry. And we had the dog in our house in the bathroom. Had banned the kids from our, our bedroom because of presents. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. So we had the dog in the bathroom, like in the inside bathroom. So if, if she barked, nobody could hear. So we had the kids sit down and, and cover their eyes. And I went upstairs and I got this box and I put the dog in the box. Animal cruelty, right? Put the dog in the box, put the lid on. The dog is in the dark. I promise she's had a great nine years. So carry the dog downstairs. And put the box in the kid's lap. They're sitting side by side. The box is on a leg of each kid. And they open the box. And she, like, looks so perfect. She does look fake. I'm not, it looks like a stuffed animal. And she's just looking at them like this. And she wasn't moving. Looking up like this. And Tristan said, is, is it real? And we're like, yeah. And they both start crying. We're like, yes! It's the best gift ever. See, that's how excited we were to give that gift to them. When we become that excited about giving ourselves to Jesus. Y'all, this is where it changes for us. Because that's, that's where the act of worship comes in. I'm not just checking a box. I'm not just doing things because I was told I need to. I'm doing something. I, I'm not just coming to church. Let's break it down. I'm not just tithing. I'm not just giving an offering. This is my true act of worship. I am giving myself to Jesus because he gave himself for me. That's where the power is. We're going beyond a habit, beyond something we do, to an, a proper, a true act of worship to God. And that's where verse 2 kicks in and we're transformed. Because we're thinking different. We're approaching our relationship with God different. And we're actually giving ourselves to Jesus. Him first. And we're trusting him. We're not, we're not just trying to understand about how we live our lives and what we want. Think about how Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be, hallowed be your name. And then what's, what's, what's the next thing? Uh, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. That's the submission part. That's where I submit my will and my wants and my wishes and my life 
to Jesus Christ. That's where I'm so excited because I've come, I've come through this acquaintance phase and I've come through this, this friend phase and, and I'm, I'm, I'm in this exclusive part right now and I want to go to this committed part and I'm so, I've grown and I've matured and, and I've realized what Jesus has done for me and I want to do the same. And I'm so excited that I want to give my life to him. Oh, this is it. This is where everything changes. When we, when we stop doing things because we know we should or we think we should, and we do it from a place of God, I want to give you myself. I want to give you everything that I am and everything that I will be. That's where God's power gets unleashed in our lives. We give our will to him when we pray this way. We're submitting ourselves to him. We're offering ourselves to him in this this is true worship to God, and this becomes our lifestyle. This becomes our identity, and this is when people see Jesus in you. Not because you found religion. Religion is stupid. Not because you found religion. It's because you have a real and a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, and your relationship is your worship to him. Look at this scripture through the lens of worship. Jesus answered, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. So I'm being careful with this, but if it, let's read it through the lens of what worship is. You will offer yourself to God and only serve him. My offering of myself to God is my worship. This is where it's at. When we offer, present, give, submit ourselves to God, holy and acceptable, it's our worship. So let's talk, let's ask this question. Acquaintance, friend, exclusive, committed, what is your relationship with God right now? Because we are the only variable. He's constant. Jesus already established where he was over 2,000 years ago when, when, when he presented his body. He doesn't ask us to do anything he hasn't done. And he's not asking us to go as far as he did. He presented his body as sacrifice and ransom for our sin so that we could have, so that we could be free. And he died so that we could live. So I want to ask you a three-part question today. Where are you in your relationship with God? That's the first thing. Where are you in your relationship with God? What is holding you back from moving forward in your relationship with God? Identify that thing because there, there will be something. And the third question is what will it take for you to move to your next stage? What will it take for you to, to, to level up, to, to move from acquaintance to friend or friend to, to, to uh, exclusive or exclusive to committed? What will it take for you to do that? Because Romans 12, 1 said that's our true and proper worship. It's our, when we offer ourselves to God, our bodies to him, because of what he's done for us, that's our true and proper worship. Our relationship is worship. And I'm going to leave you with three keys. I'm going to hurry through this. Three things for a strong relationship with Jesus. Number one is communication. Any relationship is built on communication. And our communication with him is what? It's prayer. You don't have to pray in King James. You don't have to say these thou's Lord and all that stuff. Talk to him like you talk to, talk, like you talk to me. 
Don't talk to him like you talk to somebody cutting you off in traffic. <laughs> you talk to him like you talk to me. Okay? But talk to Jesus. This is how we, this is how we communicate. Tell him how you feel. Lord, I'm tired today. Please give me some rest. I've had a stressful day. Please give me some relief. I'm a bear right now. Help me not to go off on my family. That's real talk. Talk to God. He knows how you feel, but if you articulate how you feel and ask for help, I promise you, he will help you. God, I've had a horrible string of bad language. Help me with this. Because I know if it doesn't build somebody up or lift somebody up, it's not of you. Help me lift somebody up and speak life, not death. It's that simple. Just talk to God. The second thing is get to know him through his word. Get to know him through his word. Psalm 119 and 11, the Amplified says, Your word have I treasured and stored in my heart. Why? So I won't sin against you. Get to know him through his word. Number three, apply God's word to your life. That makes us holy and acceptable to him. How does this apply to me? When you hear stuff like this, how does this apply to me? Do I need to do things differently? Do I need to start doing this? Should I stop doing this? You're applying God's word to your life. And how can I best be utilized in the kingdom of God? All these things, we're, we're applying God's word to our life. Three simple things. Communicate. Get to know him through his word and apply God's word to your life. Three simple things. But these questions come as a result, not of just being an acquaintance or being a friend, these questions come as a result of us committing to building a stronger and deeper relationship with Jesus. Let's stand together. They're going to be a result of us offering, everybody say offering. Offering, offering our bodies to God. <clears throat> See, Jesus died for us. He became the ransom for our sin. He became the ransom for our failures. He's asked us to be a living sacrifice. That means I'm giving my life to him. I'm asking for his plan to be enacted in my life. So three questions again. Who wants to be closer to Jesus? Yeah, most of y'all are going to easy raise your hand on that. I'm not going to trap you, I promise. This is simple. Who wants to have a strong relationship with him? Yeah, we all do. And who wants to lead others to experience what you've already experienced? That's our calling, everybody. That's it. Acts 1.8. You'll be my witnesses everywhere. He's called us to share what he's given to us. It's the whole reason why we're going to three services instead of two. The whole reason. So more people can experience what we have experienced. When I said, who wants to be closer to Jesus, man, every hand just straight up. You did. Because everybody wants to be closer to Jesus. Let's go back. Where are you right now in your relationship with Jesus? Are you casual? Are you brand new? If you are, that's fine. We're excited for you. If you're brand new, it's amazing. It's amazing that you're brand new. We'll celebrate with you, man. But we're going to grow together too. If you're in that friend phase where 
he's cool and he's your homeboy, but you don't know about all this commitment stuff. We'll pray with you about that. <laughs> We're going to help you level up. We're going to help you move forward to exclusivity where you're, where you're learning and you're growing and you're wanting, you're wanting this relationship. You're wanting to be real to you because as a friend, it's not really real to you. It's just something you're doing because you know you should, right? You know you should. You know you should be here on Sunday. Deep down, you know you should be putting something in the bowls. <laughs> Come on, y'all. It's okay. It's okay. It's that friend status. But you know what? There's more. Maybe you're not sure about the commitment thing. But man, when you say, I see it now. I get a little glimpse. I have this little piece of vision of what that really looks like. Maybe, maybe I was sold a bill of goods that wasn't really accurate when I was a kid going to Sunday school. Or maybe the person that, that, that proclaimed to be a Christian at work but cussed at me all the time. Oh, Maybe that person wasn't the light they should have been, and I got a bad image of what Christianity really is. See, that's why we have to be careful. Because somebody's seeing Jesus through you, and the Jesus you're portraying may not be the real Jesus. That's tough stuff. Maybe you got a bad image of what Jesus really is and what a relationship with him really looks like. No matter where you are today. Maybe you're already exclusive. Maybe you're... Maybe you're committed all in. Fabulous. Now your job is to help reach down and get somebody the hand and pick them up and bring them up where you are. Be a positive example to somebody. Lift somebody up. Be Jesus to somebody. A good Jesus. Amen. What's holding you back from moving forward in your relationship with Jesus? What is that thing that you're not sure about? What's that thing that you don't want to change or give up? What, what is that thing that you've already identified right now in your life that's keeping you from moving forward? And then what's it going to take for you to move to your next step in your relationship with Jesus? I referenced earlier somebody running to God when things go bad. That's where we should run. No doubt. If something's gone sideways in your life, run to God every single time. But it's very possible that thing that went sideways in your life, if you weren't already where you should be, maybe that thing running, turning sideways was him trying to give you a gentle or not so gentle nudge to get you where you need to be. Some of y'all laughing because you know. You're like, that's me. That's why I love this community. There's no pretense in this room. There's no pretense here. We can honestly and openly say, yeah, that's me. That's got my name all over it. I'm stupid sometimes. We really are. All of us are sometimes. Don't feel guilty because you have stepped away when something goes bad and you, you feel the need to come back. That's when you need to run back. That's when you need, that's when you need this. When the father saw the prodigal son returning, what did he do? He didn't say, oh, look at this, look at this dummy. He's going to come back and he's going to ask for this. He's going to ask for this. He's going to ask for this. None of that. He said, when he saw him coming, 
He said, hey, y'all, look. Look, way off down there, my boy's coming back. Let's have a party. It's back thousands of years ago. Kill the fatted calf. We're carnivores. We're having steak tonight, baby. Somebody's having a tomahawk ribeye. Because my son is coming home. 34 ounces of good pure USDA beef. I'm going to have one because my boy's coming. And then he got the robe and the ring. Ran down the driveway to meet his boy. Put the ring on him. Put the robe on him. Kissed his cheek and said, welcome home. That's my Jesus. Don't feel guilty if you've stepped away. Don't feel guilty if you're experiencing hardship because of your decision. Just come home. Give yourself. Give yourself to Jesus. That's the the greatest act of worship that you will ever do. Wow. What a presence of God that's just here. Y'all, this is it. Give yourself. Give yourself to him. It's the greatest worship you'll ever experience in your life. Your greatest act of worship you can ever do is giving yourself to Jesus. Amen. So glad you've been here today. If you're a guest, thank you for being here. We hope that you felt and experienced what you need in your life. Amen. That's, that's, why, that's why we do what we do. So we're going to go. I pray blessings on every single one of you. That God would overwhelm you this week. Just overwhelm you this week. And let you, let, let you see what he wants to do in your life. Just give you a glimpse of where he wants to take you and how he wants to bless you. And that you would take whatever your next step is, whatever your next step is, that you would take that step. God bless y'all. Love you. Shake somebody's hand. Give somebody a fist bump. Air hugs. Something. Don't share your corona. God bless y'all.